How good's a Friday? Hey guys, Surly here coming to you live from lockdown to bring you another barnstormer of an episode. Episode 16, season four. She should be a fucking beauty. And look, unfortunately, as mentioned, we're back in lockdown, COVID running rampant out in the community, but I'm not here to punish you with some more COVID chat. I'm here to try brighten up your Friday afternoon with some shit sports yarns. And boy, what a weekend she was last weekend. If I'd known she was going to be the final send, probably would have pushed the boat out even further. But she was still a decent shift, had prize giving for the mighty coat, and to be fair, a pretty low turnout from the Prems, but still managed to well and truly push the boat out, which was fucking good to see. Of course, ended up in Danny Dolan's culture corner, as per usual. And shout outs, of course, to the Mouldy Alton John, the big Courtney McCarthy, really made the most of his one night out per year and got us booted from Dolan's, absolutely boomfired his boss through that curtain of the back of culture corner. If you know the one I'm talking about, she well and truly is out of bounds at Danny Dolan's. Managed to smoke his boss through there. They went tumbling through. The old Mouldy Alton John came out of it with a black eye. And we were all told to hit the road. So fair play to the bloke. Certainly made the most of his annual outing and was another bloody good shift in Dolan's. Of course, as per usual this week, we're going to talk some God's game. Bit of All Blacks chat about how they absolutely pumped the Wallabies. Bit of Bunnings Cup. And then, of course, your usuals, the old Magic Multi and everyone's favourite, your Q&A. Right, jumping into God's game, and fuck, what a round of rugby league football she was. Massive smiles all around if you're a Warriors fan, because it truly is our fucking year, and the bandwagon is well and truly at max capacity. A huge win on the weekend for the boys, a famous win, some would say, 24 points to 10 against the Dogs, and that's the first time we have won three games in a row since 2018 so the boys are well and truly riding a high playing some bloody good football as well thought we left a few points out there on the paddock but was proud to see us come away with the dub in previous years that was a game we would have well and truly fucked we always struggle to win those ones we should win on the table shout outs as well josh curran putting in an absolute shift with that warriors emblem on his left tit this season and of course the young hot boy reese walsh absolutely running a mark. Him and Chanel Harris-Tavita, probably the two best-looking blokes in rugby league, forming a heck of a combo. And boy, if old Reese throwing big Ryan James off CHT didn't get you up and about, then nothing fucking will. So a huge shift from the boys. Another bloody good win. Keeps our finals footy hopes alive, which is massive fizz. And another fun fact for you, if old mate O'Sullivan wins this weekend, he will be the first Warriors halfback to win four games in a row 
since the great Sean Johnson did it for us in 2013. So huge fizz for the boys, and we are well and truly playing finals footy. For the other teams, Parramatta, they continue to be fucked. Manly absolutely putting on a clinic against them, 56 points to 10. Boy, are they shit. And boy, are Manly dangerous when they are in that mood. Tommy T once again putting in a massive shift. Then the Storm, they did us another favor last night as well. They bet the Titans comfortably, which really does help our playoff hopes for the mighty Wars. And that takes Melbourne to 20 wins in a row. So a huge performance from Bellamy's boys. They are well and truly the competition front runners. And shit, I know a few of you out there are probably asking, Surly, mate, can you run us through the maths? What do the Warriors need to do to get into the top eight? And luckily for you, I've done a bit of prep for this one. Maths, not me strong point. Rugby league maths, well and truly up me alley. So I've crunched the numbers and she's looking at me like a 99% chance that the Warriors play finals footy. Of course, after Sunday's win against the Dogs, we've just got three games left and they are against teams who sit either just above or below us on the competition ladder. Luckily for us, the Titans, they're on a bit of a downhill slide past few weeks. Of course, lost to the Storm last night, which is great news. They currently sit in eighth, and they have to play the Knights and us. So I see them going 0-2 in the weeks to come. Then the Raiders, they're sitting in ninth place. They play Manly tonight, so they'll get Dick there. Then they've got the Warriors and then the Roosters, so I see them going 0-3. And then for the Mighty Wars, we've got the Broncos currently sitting in second to last, the Raiders sitting in ninth, and the Titans sitting in eighth, all to come. I see us going three from three there. So three from three would be enough to get the job done. We would finish in eighth position. We'd take on Manly, who I have finishing in fifth. We'll beat them in week one. Then we'll beat the Roosters in week two. Then we'll beat the Panthers in the semi. And then we'll beat the Storm in the grand final. The parade penciled in for the 3rd of October, COVID bubble pending. She's going to be a fucking beauty. Haven't heard back from Kennards about the float yet, but constantly refreshing my inbox. And I have no doubt they will be getting back to me soon. So head of Kennards, if you're listening and you're from the float department, get back to me, would be fucking good to hear from you. And of course, looking forward to this week's games. As mentioned last night, the storm got up over the Titans, which bloody helps. A real barnstormer of a clash tonight. The Panthers taking on the Bunnies. That'll be bums on seats football personified. Both sides at full strength should be an absolute barnstormer of a clash. And then, of course, the other feature match for me takes place on Sunday, Arvo, 3 p.m. kickoff, a real lockdown special. Buckle in, crack open some Waitakere daiquiris and rip into some Waz footy. She's going to be a beauty. The boys, we get back down with Tinny Zelezniak and Curtis Surinan, as well as Jermaine Tamua-Brown. And then old Chad Townsend, again named on an extended bench, so he's a chance to come into the mixer late. For the Broncos, they lose Katoni Staggs. He's probably been on the bags. He's been ruled out. And then Tyson Gamble, their six, who's looked fucking good for them and has been instrumental in their little run of form of late. He's out suspended. So Anthony Milford comes back into the mixer. Rocks or diamonds, that bloke. And we'll be praying for diamonds. So up the fucking was Another game we should probably win. Keep our finals hopes alive. 
as mentioned earlier, the bandwagon now sold out. So if you missed out, massive up yours, and you can just watch from the sidelines as the boys go all the way. Nothing better than God's game getting us through lockdown. Right, now on to the All Blacks. Of course, I said it all week last week, and I'll say it again, All Blacks 30+. plus. I predicted would absolutely pound those losers from across the pond into the ground, and that is exactly what happened. 57 points to 22, the boys in black came away with the lollies. Massive shift from Akira Ioane, absolutely ripped and teared. His, probably his best shift in an All Blacks jersey ever. So that was great to see from him. A bloke with so much potential and great to see him reach that at the highest level possible. Also, Aaron Smith, he confirmed he's still the best nine in the world, put on a 65-minute clinic of how to wear the nine jersey. So a huge shift from him. For the Wallabies, a pretty good first 40 minutes from them. Went into oranges, down 21 points to 15, but just not enough in the tank to go the full 80. Overall, though, they look a much-improved side and... Dave Rennie really has done wonders with this team. So looking forward to seeing how they go in the games to come. Hopefully we get a third Bledisloe. She's looking in doubt, but fingers crossed, it would be bloody good to pump them 3-0. So hopefully the boys can head over to Perth and get that job done. She's scheduled for the 28th of August, that game. Looking pretty much in doubt, but you never fucking know with COVID. Hopefully Cindy gives the boys the tick and we get over into the mixer and absolutely down trail them, get the brooms out, up yours to the Wallabies, and of course, up yours to last week's question answer, Big Sammy G. Hope you're enjoying Sydney, mate, and hope you're enjoying the massive amounts of brooms you have now inherited after getting swept. Right, time for a bit of Bunnings Far Cup chat. And of course, this is the grassroots level of professional footy. And it was bloody good to see it back on our screens. Harbour, they ticked the box last week, got their first W out of the way, which is always a tough one. And look, it wasn't exactly a textbook performance from the lads, but it was a win's a win. And it gets them right into the mixer. 14 points to six against Counties Manukau. And again, Hate to say I told you so, but if you chuck the house on the heat head-to-head, Sean Shooter-Stevenson any time, like I told you to in last week's potty, you would have been fucking thankful post-game because, boy, did that one deliver. Shout-outs to the TM Biscuits there. And, look, she was a tough game to watch at times. Some strong D from the Harbour boys really did get them home. Counties dominated possession and territory, especially in that second half. Harbour really struggled to get their hands on the pill, but the boys put in a massive shift on defense. And then a quick glimpse of Razzle Dazzle from the Harbour backs. Moses Leo, nice little offload shooter, right place, right time. Manages to dot down for a cheeky meaty. Almost gave me a fucking heart attack. Should have put the ball down about three seconds earlier. Almost went dead. Not huge fizz from me, especially when you got some money on the line. But great to see him dot down and tick the box on the bet slip anyway. And in the other main games for the weekend, Tasman, they got up for the win. Top of the table clash against Auckland, 16 points to 11. They grinded that one out down there in Nelson. Wellington, they absolutely fucked a 34-point to 8 halftime lead to then lose to Waikato. 43 points to 37. So well done to the Mulu men for turning that one around. Canterbury, they scraped home against a much-improved turbo side. 
So that was huge fizz from Manua too. They look to be a side to be reckoned with this season. And then the mighty Bay, the Hawks Bay, they defended the Shield comfortably against Otago. No doubt they'll be absolutely sending it in lockdown this week, celebrating another famous win and keeping the log of Shield locked up there in Napier. And of course, we were meant to be treated to some real spectacles this weekend, but due to COVID, she's not going to happen. Fingers crossed the old Bunnings bubble can come into play if lockdown is extended. Was a heck of an idea from me, if I may say so myself. Ship the boys all down to a certain area of the country, have games on every day on Sky Sports, couple games each day on the weekend, absolute punter's paradise. We can all bet on it at the TM Biscuits. The boys can do what they love most, rip and tear and play grassroots code. So it really is a win-win. And if the All Blacks can't make it over to Perth for the Bledisloe, chuck them back into their provincial sides. That would really raise the standard of footy and get a lot of bums on seats. Great revenue for New Zealand rugby as well. So fingers crossed, if worse comes to worse, the boys at Bunnings can make that happen. A few sausage sizzles post-game, huge fizz all round. So make it happen, New Zealand rugby. Should be a fucking beauty. Right, time for the old Magic Multi. Absolutely ripping through this episode for you. Huge fizz there. And unfortunately, I placed it earlier in the week and I chucked Hawks Bay in it, which is low fizz. And unfortunately, that one is not going to happen. So I've replaced them with Canberra Raiders, plus nine and a half against the Manly Seagulls. That's paying $2. Tommy Turbo, he's been ruled out with a bit of a niggle to his jaw. Chance Nicole Klockstad comes back for the Raiders. So I think they could have a chance at winning, let alone going close. And the line of nine and a half is too good to turn down. So I've chucked that in there. Then I've gone the Bunnies head-to-head against the Panthers at $2.15. Panthers back to full strength, Nathan Cleary back in the mixer, and then you got Fisher Harris and Tavita Pangai on an extended bench. But I think the Bunnies, just in a rich run of form at the moment, well and truly on a roll. Latrell Mitchell, Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker, absolutely carving up. Then you bring Johnston and Gagai back from injury, and that back line is just entertainment galore. So it should be a bloody good game. Bunnies at $2.15. Hard to say no to. Then in your other NRL game, I've gone the Warriors 1-12, to paying $3.15. Broncos in a bit of form of late. Think she could be a close game, but of course, well and truly tipping the boys to get the dub at some juicy odds there. And then final game of the Magic Multi, Liverpool head-to-head versus Burnley, only paying $1.40, but you can't go past the pool, especially at home. A lazy tenner on that. It's your cheeky $270.20. Nothing to laugh about. A good little lockdown kitty builder for you to then go and blow on the fucking dish lickers at Whanganui. Lisa Ahern dogs. Absolutely a money trap. But boy, do I love punting on them. So hopefully that multi gets up this week, keeps the lockdown spirits alive, and the boys can get a well and truly overdue win over the tea and biscuits. Right, time for everyone's favourite segment, the old Q&A. Got a couple here for you, which is bloody good to see for your Friday. The first one, she comes through from old Jason Parnipper. Of course, he is our punch kick specialist, and he has sent in an MMA question, true to form. He says, surely you're watching Gina Fabian's fight, and what is your thoughts 
on women's MMA. And look, I actually didn't know much about this fight, to be fair. Done a quick little Google. Can see that she's the outsider here. She's 4-1. and one. This Harrison Bird, she's 10-0. and 0, So loves a bit of MMA action. Being told she's your traditional grapple versus striker matchup, and she should be a bloody beauty. So might have to tune into that one, to be fair. Me thoughts on women's MMA? Look, absolutely. If they're up for it and keen to rip in, then why not? All about gender equality in sport. So good on them. Love watching a good MMA pay-per-view. And it doesn't really matter if it's blokes or lasses. If they're keen to rip in, I'll have me bums on seats and I'll be absolutely having a punt on it. So cheers for your question there, Jace. Hope you're having a bloody good Friday and no doubt you'll be sinking some vodka cruises and wishing you are at Sapphire Bar this weekend. Not meant to be, but hopefully you're back there soon. Your other question, she comes through from Big Rico, of course, one of the greats of the coat, previous coat player, and she's not actually a question. She's more of a statement, but he says the warehouse will take over the MPC next year. And look, that's a great point there, Rico. Of course, we're pounding through your local hardware stores, pretty much run out now. So I'm looking for them to move more towards those essential businesses that cater for everyone's, your warehouse, your Kmart, your farmers. Maybe even Gilmore's can get in the mixer there. Then the boys can get some cheap kegs and some 40 ounces at wholesale price and get absolutely buckled after a big win. So fair statement there, Rico, mate. Great to have you on board with Surly Talk Sports. New follower, great to have you in the mixer and hope you're enjoying it. Our final question, she comes through from the great Tyler Orange, and this is an absolute barnstormer of a question. He's well and truly come from the back fence on this one. And he says, if these blokes were all in their respective primes, what would you rather have for the rest of your life? Luke McAllister's quads, Roger Tuovasashek's calves, or Dan Carter's looks? And look, that question really well and truly did rattle me because all three are huge assets and you're well and truly set for life with either of them. No one's going to turn you down with Luke's quads, Roger's calves, or Dan Carter's looks. And to be fair, Luke McAllister's quads haven't seen many like that going around, especially in international footy. Although at a grassroots level, I'd like to compare them to Joe Wadman, a.k.a. Joe Quadman. He has the quads of doom, and they really do help him get his PCMs and his carries at grassroots footy. So that's a huge plus for old Luke's quads. Rogers calves, just a thing of beauty. To be able to rock your footy socks that low and get the baby cows out, really is the ultimate flex. Mesmerizes defenders. All they can do is stare at the old calf as it comes bolting towards them. You jump up for a goosey. Your calf goes one way. Your body goes the other. Guaranteed to beat defenders. So that is huge. And then, of course, Dan Carter's looks. And just Dan Carter in general. Absolute rooster. Loves a game of grassroots footy code as well. Loves sending it with the boys. Loves getting in his jockeys and going to a photo shoot. The bloke can do it all. So massive from old DC. And boy, is he a throbber. But for me, I'm going to have to go with Roger's calves. As Milhouse once said in that famous Simpsons episode where he became a bodybuilder, the calves are well and truly the hardest place to add mass. And you're either born with them or you don't. And unfortunately for me, John Sill has a hissing set of chicken legs. I've inherited those, so unable to grow calves. Absolutely fucked in the baby cow department. So I think I'd take Roger's calves. You can build up some quads 
And unfortunately, you can't change your looks, but I'd go calves over looks any day. Bloody good question there, Tyler. An absolute doozy. Hope you're enjoying lockdown, mate. And shout outs to the team at Metal Heart Roofing. Hope you and the boys are getting through lockdown all right. Well, that's all we have time for today. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If not, a massive up yours from me and producer Sharla because we thought she was a bloody doozy. Actually thinking of going live for the Warriors game on Sunday, Arvo, having a few beers. Might get Kimbo in the mixer as well. So let me know if you'd be keen to tune into that on the old Instagram live. Be a bloody good Arvo and a good way to watch the footy with all of you. So reach out and bears soon. Have a good weekend, stay safe, and up the mighty fucking waz. That was Surly Talk Sports. How good.